Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we learn from listening. My name is Elise McGannon, and thanks for tuning in. In today's interview, I talk with the boisterous and vibrant Catherine Ziobro, who is a soon-to-be senior at Loyola University of Chicago. She's created some amazing things while at the school, such as Inside the Kettle, a podcast that Catherine runs from WLUW, Loyola's radio station, and every Sunday she interviews musicians, artists, incredible students at Loyola, and gets the lowdown on what they're up to. She's also the co-president with one of her really, really great friends of a literary and arts magazine called Diminuendo and Cadence. This magazine gives students and others a platform to show their art and their content, absolutely something that's worth checking out. And believe it or not, there are more accomplishments and experiences of Catherine's we discuss in our interview that are so valuable to listen to. Stay tuned to hear. Thank you so much for coming. Ooh. And know that you um, you live in Chicago now and have for some time, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming, because you're a junior yep. at Loyola University. Yep. Originally from Delafield, Wisconsin. So yes. Like, <laughs> Population <laughs> 7,000. Ah, so. Whoa, that is so <laughs> it's <laughs> tiny. <laughs> you go to the grocery store and you know five people, mm-hmm. and there's your kindergarten teacher and your next door neighbor. Family moved, yeah, to about 30, 30 minutes outside Milwaukee, which is in okay. Delafield. And I grew up there, yeah. Very close with my parents. We're pretty much best friends. They're so cool. They're much cooler than me. And my brother and I are both in college. My brother, my brother's awesome, if I can brag about him. <laughs> he, he runs 50 miles a week because he's on cross country at his university. And he has a saxophone scholarship. He's an incredible saxophone musician. So we both play jazz, but he's going to school for it and cool. studying biology. So he's, he's a cool cat. I major in creative writing, and I have a minor in Shakespeare studies. Here? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you said that. And then did you have another major, or is it creative writing and then just Shakespeare studies? It's creative writing and English. So and English. Yeah, it's like they're the same thing. Yeah. Basically, it means all my electives are creative writing classes. You a lot of writing. Yeah, so no sleep, basically, <laughs> is what that means. You Chicago all the way from Wisconsin. Mm. Was it Loyola? Did you know you always wanted to come here? Yeah, so... um. My senior year of high school, um, crap hit the fan, and I applied late to all the schools I wanted to go to, because um, I was banking on going to one school, didn't get in, um, and Loyola accepted me, and I wanted, I, all the schools I applied to were in Chicago. Yeah. I've always wanted to, I mean, I would visit the city a lot when I was a kid with my parents. I always wanted to go to school here, and I know I wanted to do writing here, specifically that, um, and, and uh I have I have a real interest in theater, so I, I wanted to be in this area. And, you know, Second City's here, and there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, and I just love the comedy clubs, and yeah. So, I uh, always wanted to go to school here, and then I saw Loyola, and I didn't know that much about Jesuit school, but yeah. after learning more about it, I was like, oh, heck yes, sign me up. Um, yeah, its emphasis on social justice is right in the pocket for me. Yes. Like, I love that. Yeah, because I want to be an educator, and I feel like I have to be as selfless as possible in order to to be a, a good educator, and so I'm trying to learn that. <laughs> when did you start writing? When did oh. you know you wanted to be a writer? Like, okay. What did you want to be when you, like, what's the ultimate goal? Groovy. Yeah, <laughs> the so ultimate goal. Cool. <laughs> so, like, in my mind, the ultimate goal would be to be able to teach creative writing at the collegiate level, specifically cool. undergrad, uh, or to have creative writing workshops maybe in the community where I live yeah. someday, and then hopefully to have my own small publishing company where I can publish my students' work. Like, that would be ideal. That would be the coolest thing. So that's, like, the dream. Um, when I was little, I really, really uh, wanted to be a musician. I really wanted to be – I wanted to go into film really badly. 
um that that was that was really what i wanted to do but i decided um i was like super into twilight zone and like i was like i want to be rod sterling like i want to i want to i want to get get on that but um i i don't know i i always wrote like short stories um but they were like sci-fi for a long time <laughs> and now i write mostly like domestic drama um dirty realism kind of fiction um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Raymond Carver, so that's kind of where that comes from. Um, but yeah, I love I love short stories. I love writing. Um, I'm learning how to do it. <laughs> but I, I, I just decided to do it, I guess, because it was really cathartic. I'm a big believer in writing what you know. Um, and for me, that comes out in realism. So I completely understand if someone's like super into writing fantasy and they're writing really authentic emotions. Like, I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah. But what I know is like, I think the genre of realism for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's cathartic because my stories um, sometimes have like maybe one element of something personal. Like yeah. maybe there'll be like one part of the story is something that I experienced or that I heard about or something like that. Yeah. How important you think it is to like go and see other people read their poetry, their slam poetry, their writing. Like what is it cool. that's important about that to you? Like when I was at the Performing Arts Charter School, we had to do a capstone project. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was being an apprentice at a recording studio and organizing and hosting open mics in my area. Okay. So I did a lot of that and I love the open mics because it was all about celebrating people and the stories they have to share and the music they have to perform and it was like one of the most rewarding things to be a part of that kind of community. Um, and that's probably one of my greatest accomplishments was being able to be a part of those. And so I've been trying to recreate that coming to Loyola in a couple of ways through the magazine and through um, the in, inside the kettle. Because um, I, love, I love that atmosphere, I love celebrating that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's really important. It's important for me, I think, to go out to poetry events, not to perform necessarily, but to just kind of hear and listen. Like what you were saying earlier, anyone on the street's got something yeah. really important to say. You, can you talk about your ma the magazine a little sure. bit? Really yeah, I am so passionate about <laughs> it, Elise. It's like one of my favorite things I get to do. Um, so it's the only student literary and arts magazine at Loyola, okay. which is really fun. So we publish um, student uh, short stories, poems, prose, photography, art. Uh, right now we're launching a YouTube channel so if students play music or if they're theater students, they can submit videos and we can feature them. So the whole idea is really to try to encompass the, the art that's being made on Loyola's campus. Um, I'm co-president with uh, my friend Gustav Roman and we have meetings every week on Tuesdays. Anyone, anyone, grad students, undergrad students, anyone's invited to be involved. Uh, you don't have to have experience in order to be on the editorial staff. Uh, we, we look at art submissions anonymously, and then we try to have a, a, a really fair voting system um, on, on putting things into the magazine, what looks good together, what's going to be uh, uh, good for a student magazine. And um, that doesn't mean we censor anything. We publish, we publish the cuss words all the time. It's very fun. Um, I love doing it. So, uh, the magazine has been on Loyola's campus since 1952. Oh, yeah. So you didn't start it. it was I did not okay. start it, but I started the committees. Um, okay. That's a new piece, and the YouTube channel is a new piece, but a new cog. But it's been around since 1952. But um, I got involved with the magazine my freshman year. The staff was a lot smaller at that point. Um, still successful. Mm -hmm. Now it has about 50 members, though. So it has really grown, okay. um, which has been really, really exciting um, just to see how people are really interested in getting involved and sharing. That's awesome. Okay, so now 
your EP, you yeah. mentioned it's on iTunes. That'll also be linked. So it's called Metaphors for Emotions. And I came up with the name. I was like walking around. So I was sitting, like my dad was sitting on the porch and he was he was reading a book. My dad is a history buff. And so he was nerding out over over some history in a book. And I was like circling the porch. And I was like, Dad, I don't know what to call this project that I've been working on. And I worked on it for three years because uh, it was hard to like procure the funds and also like get everything together because I did it by myself and I did the album art and it was a lot of fun I made a silk screen for it but um so I was going around I was like it seems like all the songs are just like metaphors for emotions and he was like so just call it that and I was like oh <laughs> so that's <laughs> it's not inventive it's literally just something so that that was the name of the album and um the the songs on it are um some uh, some emotions I was dealing with at the time, very obviously, um, concerning my mental health. And um, yeah, it was it was a really fun project. I had a music teacher who owned a recording studio. His name is Ken Fox and his wife, Mary Edstrom, and she is my favorite human being alive, probably. <laughs> and uh, he had me work in his recording studio and I did a lot of like mopping and vacuuming. But then I got to work as a sound engineer, which is what where I got a lot of um, my sound engineering skills. You mentioned that you were going through some mental health yeah. during the writing of the inter or of the interview of the um, the album and everything. Would you mind talking about that? A little sure. Um, so I went into therapy as I was a kid mm -hmm. uh, because of childhood trauma, and I never really got over it because mm -hmm. I didn't talk about anything. Yeah. And then years later, I. My, my parents were like, you're a sick person. Let's put you back in therapy. So they did. And it was with the same therapist I had as a kid, which wasn't very constructive. Yeah, instead it just kind of put me back into that mental state. Um, and that, that, that was kind of a, a hard time to, to work on those things. And I think by writing the album in a lot of ways, it helped me um, come up with different ways of thinking to help me feel better. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like I'm really coming out on the other end now, yeah. which is good. But that, that's what it was mostly concerning, was concerning the feeling of, of constantly being guilty for things that you're not guilty about and constantly, uh, constantly analyzing yourself and feeling inadequate to all, all the people around you and, and then just dealing with like the, the, what ends up happening from, from, from childhood trauma. So like just feeling really really small and really responsible uh, for everything and really guilty. Very, I, things I'm very passionate about are, um, I'm a very passionate intersectional feminist. Cool. I'm a very passionate, um, I'm very much about being inclusive, um, doing what I can to make sure I listen and learn. <laughs> Um, and specifically, um, communities dedicated to um, trauma and discussions of trauma mm -hmm. and um, different methods of being able to cope with trauma, those kinds of things are really, really important to me. So attention to those kinds of issues is really important to me, um, but, but uh, healthy attention. And there is a level of, um, of empathy there that mm -hmm. I think makes it easier to talk about those things. Yeah, you're a Shakespeare minor. Yeah. Do you have like a, fav uh. like a favorite Shakespeare? At least I am so into theater. <laughs> but I'm like into theater, not into like, like I don't ever want to be an actor. <laughs> I'm into theater because I think it's like the arena of all political things. 
And I, oh man, okay, so I'm a big fan of T.S. Eliot. Okay, here we are. We're nerding out. Okay, so I'm a big fan of T.S. Eliot. And he, um, in, in a couple of his different, uh, his pieces um, later in his career, he really strongly believed that a poet maximizes their social utility by writing plays. And so being a writer, seeing theater, writing plays, doing short stories that can, can be read aloud. My personal belief that after an artist release, releases their piece to the world, their interpretation of that piece is as valid as anyone else's. And I think theater can be so deeply political. And it's so relevant to the historical moment it's made in. And so I just love studying theater and how it's been relevant to those moments and like how you can perform a Shakespeare play, but now it seems like a commentary on Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump just because of like how our historical moment is related to the paradigm in a, in, in a play. Like I would love for King Lear to be performed right now. That would be very fun. And you do have a podcast called, is that what Yeah, it's a radio show, but I post it as a podcast. Okay. So I try to multi-purpose tool that thing. Yeah. Inside the kettle. Yeah. I mean, what is it broadcast? Is it broadcasted through WLUW? It's broadcast on 887 WLUW every Sunday at 6 p.m. And I did not invent the show. It was oh. created by a student named Madeline Field, okay. um, who studied um, uh, communications and English. Mm. And she is super cool. That girl is awesome. But I performed on her radio show as a, as a musician. And she knew I had some sound engineering experience and was like, hey, I'm graduating. Would you be interested in taking on the show? And I was like, oh, crap, yes. So I uh, got in the studio and uh, was kind of thrown to the wolves and had to <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, it was fun. And now I got a process. And yeah, so I, I invite, um, and if anyone is interested uh, ever in being on the show, I'd be so, so happy. Um, to, to have you, but uh, yeah, so student musicians, poets, playwrights, um, if you are a part of a political organization on campus and you wanna talk about it, um, just had students for reproductive justice on the show, if you uh, are involved in the, a newspaper or if you're involved in a band that's not even at Loyola, um, I, I, I try to get you on the show, squeeze you in the studio and interview you. So it's fun to be on the other side of the table right now, being the interviewee. This is, ooh, the tables are turning. I also have a website. It's called insidethekettle.wordpress.com and you can listen to all the old shows. You also just got accepted to grad school. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, so I got into the five-year program. I'm a junior, so that means I get to start grad classes next semester. And then, yeah, and then the idea is to take a year or a couple years off to be a person and bartend and make a writing portfolio and then apply for a PhD in creative writing and hopefully get paid. Some very good insight. Um, to just any other human being, what kind of advice would you give them? How do I do this without sounding like, like a like a like a weirdo um, <laughs> or pretentious? I I don't know. My advice would probably be something like, if you something along the lines of like, if you have the opportunity to do school, do it. Um, if school's not necessarily right for everyone at different times, but if you have the opportunity to do it, do it, um, because I think it's a great way to learn more about yourself. Um, and there's so many different ways to do school now. And then, um, yeah, and, and tell your story. Tell your story as often, as much, as frequently as possible, and in as many ways as you think you can. Thank you again so much.
It was fun. I, yeah, thank you for listening to my ramblings and bumblings and those things. That's this week's episode of the Share Chair Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just pick your poison and I'm sure we're on it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another priceless story. Thanks for letting me spout, kind of spout off. I feel like I'm talking so much and I'm swirling around in this chair and, you know. Okay, so I was born on leap day, which means that I am like five years old. And sometimes I feel super five. And this is one of those moments, I think.